The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Pacific Life. Protecting generations of families for 150 years, that's the power of Pacific. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Monday, November 27th. In today's news, Representative John Conyers steps aside as the ranking Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee amid allegations of sexual harassment as Al Franken plans to come back to work. A showdown over who is in charge at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau will come to a head today as a judge decides. And Time, Inc. sells itself to a company in Iowa with financing from the Koch brothers. But first, the big idea. December is going to be a wild month on Capitol Hill. Lawmakers coming back from Thanksgiving today have so much on their plates that many of them are holding off on making Christmas plans because they may need to work through the holidays. Their to-do list includes everything from avoiding a government shutdown to potentially addressing hot-button issues from immigration to Iran. The top priority for Republicans is taxes. They are forging ahead with the biggest overhaul of the tax code in three decades in the same bill that they're trying to get rid of the individual mandate, a core pillar underpinning Obamacare. They expect to do that with no Democratic votes. But they will need support from the other side of the aisle to avoid a government shutdown on December 8th. The minority leaders, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, are determined to get concessions. Both sides say it's unlikely there will be a shutdown. They think they're probably going to agree on a short-term stopgap to push negotiations until just before Christmas. But informal talks so far have been abortive. The first step toward a resolution will be reaching an agreement on government spending levels for 2018 and perhaps beyond, lifting the caps imposed under what's known as the sequester. Under current law, Congress may appropriate no more than $549 billion for defense programs and $516 billion for non-defense programs next year. But the Trump administration wants to boost defense spending to more than $600 billion, and Democrats are demanding a dollar-for-dollar increase in non-defense spending. And then there's disaster relief. The White House has asked for another $44 billion to finance this year's response to the natural disasters, including three hurricanes and wildfires in the West. But the White House insists that Congress offset this new spending with cuts elsewhere. That's probably going to be a non-starter. Tied up in a lot of these complicated ongoing negotiations is health care. Democrats would like for the year-end spending bill to stabilize the insurance markets by restoring the cost-sharing reduction payments that Trump cut off earlier this year. There's a bipartisan measure co-authored by Lamar Alexander, a Republican senator from Tennessee, that would do just that. But many on the right see this as a bailout for insurance companies. And Democrats say they won't back a so-called CSR fix if it's paired with a repeal of the individual mandate a provision that continues to be in the current version of the Senate GOP's tax bill. Separately, Congress allowed the Children's Health Insurance Program to lapse on September 30th. They must reauthorize it by the end of the year to prevent another 9 million kids from losing coverage. States have been using stopgap measures to keep the program going, but several say they cannot keep doing so for much longer. National security is also in play before the end of the year. The federal law that allows intelligence agencies to gather foreign electronic communications on U.S. soil expires December 31st. That would take away what the National Security Agency calls the single most important operational statute at its disposal, unless Congress acts to renew it. Several lawmakers want to constrain the government's authority to search intelligence gathered under the program for information about Americans. 
While there are bipartisan bills to revise and extend the law, no agreement has been reached on how to advance them. Tomorrow is going to be especially important for setting the tone for the rest of this month. President Trump's going over to the Capitol to talk with Senate Republicans about taxes over lunch. Later in the day, he'll meet with the big four leaders, House Speaker Paul Ryan and Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, along with House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. When this group last met in September, the president surprised his aides and his party by cutting a deal with who he called Chuck and Nancy to raise the debt ceiling and pass a short-term spending bill. Trump is unpredictable, leaving the key players on both sides to wonder what his mood will be when the delegation from the Capitol arrives for their sit-down. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Representative John Conyers of Michigan has stepped aside as the ranking Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee. The announcement comes amid a new ethics investigation of sexual harassment claims. Conyers settled the sexual harassment complaint from a former employee. Meanwhile, Senator Al Franken, the Democrat from Minnesota, plans to break his eight-day silence today and return to work after being accused of forcibly kissing a fellow entertainer during a USO tour in 2006. Franken gave an interview yesterday to the Minneapolis Star Tribune in which he apologized for letting a lot of people down. He said, quote, I'm hoping I can make it up to them and gradually regain their trust. But he pushed back against allegations from multiple women that he groped them as he posed for pictures, contending that he poses for tens of thousands of such pictures and would never intentionally touch anyone inappropriately. Asked whether he expects any other women to step forward with similar groping allegations, Franken told his hometown paper, quote, I certainly hope not. Number two, there is a pitched battle between the Trump White House and Barack Obama's appointees at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau over who's in charge. On Friday, Richard Corderay resigned as the director of the agency, likely so he could run for governor of Ohio next year, and he designated Leandra English as his temporary replacement. A few hours later, Trump named White House Budget Director Mick Mulvaney, who once called the bureau a joke, to the same job. English went to court this weekend to block Mulvaney from taking the reins. She calls herself the rightful acting director. But the bureau's general counsel argued in a letter to the agency's senior leadership on Saturday that the president has the authority to name the acting director. The White House says it expects both Mulvaney and English to show up to work today, with Mulvaney as the acting director and English as his deputy. Number three, Time, Inc. sold itself on Sunday to the Meredith Corporation, a deal that was made possible in part by the private equity arm of the Koch brothers. Time, Inc. is the publisher of magazine titles, including obviously Time, but also Sports Illustrated and People. The Meredith Corporation owns Family Circle, Better Homes and Gardens, and All Recipes. Koch Equity Development contributed $650 million to the $3 billion deal. The Kochs have a history of supporting nonprofit organizations in an effort to shape political discourse. However, the Meredith Corporation insists that the Kochs will have no influence over its editorial or managerial operations at time. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, November 27th. You can read much more about what's on Congress's plate at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.